Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopabeat, the show that is all about mental health empowerment. Today on the show, I wanted to talk about cynicism. Why is it? What is it? And what do we use it for? What could it be a useful thing? I don't know. Let's find out on this episode of Dopamine. Let's hit the button to do the thing. Let's go. Drums, all right friend welcome back to dopamine if this is the second or third episode you've listened to at this point i would appreciate if you subscribe to this show leave a rating and review that's a big big help Uh, especially if you're listening on iTunes. Is iTunes still a thing? Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, leave a rating and review. That would be a really, really big help. Uh, I appreciate all of the kind love and support uh, about my brother's recent passing. That really means so much that you guys would be uh, really supportive about the situation, how I'm feeling, all of that stuff. It'll probably be a little while before I get my face on camera again. I feel like that's been hard. I can talk a little bit again. Uh, It's only been a week, but I can talk a little bit. And, um, you know, typing is no problem, really. So I'm thinking about how to translate that energy into what I'm doing um, to put energy in different places. So it doesn't mean I'm completely taking a break from stuff with dopamine, but it's going to be in different places. So keep an eye on the website at dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E.life for articles and other things that I'm working on. So I wanted to talk about cynicism because cynicism in relation to a lot of my audience, which tends to be a lot of INTPs in the Myers-Briggs system, is a, is a pretty common topic. It's a difficult topic. It's um, a challenge. Cynicism can get confused with pessimism, which is not quite the same thing, but they're kind of like cousins. And cynicism can easily be justified. Cynicism can be uh, something that if we see something happen from a distance or if we make a sort of um, vague prediction about someone's behavior and then something in that sphere happens, we can we can go, hey, see, I told you, I told you, told you I'm not crazy. Um, And, you know, sometimes that that does happen where you're right about someone's intentions. But for the most part, perpetuating a persistent cynicism in our minds is not necessarily always the most helpful place to be. So I want to start from, I don't know if you can hear things in the background. I'm kind of near a highway, but I'm mostly at a, um, it's a fairly quiet place when the windows are up. I had to put the windows down because it's hot. (laughs) Uh, So if you hear some background noise, that's why. I'm kind of near a highway, but I'm also near water and nature. There's there's birds. There's birds a buzzing. It's a good time. So uh, when it comes to cynicism, the the typical definition or the the general definition is this notion that uh, it's an assumption of someone's self-interest in a situation where there's a social expectation. And the social expectation part is 
really the interesting bit, and we'll we'll kind of go through that. Uh, and I added the word assumption because essentially it is an assumption. We're doing the best we can to make an educated guess about someone's self-interest in a situation. That self-interest may be the result of our perception of that person's self-interest, may be the result of, of a past history with that person or a type of people that we know or a situation that we've been a part of in the past. And it's easy to assume or ascertain that if something's happened before that was very similar to these circumstances, it might happen again. It's like basically what every sports commentator is, it, that's what their livelihood is. And to do that on the basis of someone's self-interest is also an interesting thing. So I want to kind of break down the self-interest part of it and then break down a little bit of the uh, expected behavior part of it. So the self-interest side is really interesting to start up with because cynicism based on someone's particular self-interest is not inaccurate because everyone to some degree is out for our own self-interest. So it really depends on how you define that and the context for which that's happening. So self-interest being, if you think about it from a pure human standpoint, we all have social, sexual, and, and uh, self-preservation needs. We have intimate needs, we have social needs, and we have self-preservation needs. It's really what I mean. Intimate being like, one-to-one -one deep connection doesn't necessarily need to be quote-unquote sexual. And that's all based on Enneagram subtypes. But generally, we all have these needs. Even if our fixation or focus is related to other people, such as with the pandemic, wearing a mask for other people, in a sense, if we look at the things that we're doing, if we're doing it for other people, there's always a way in which it comes back to us. There's always a degree of self-interest, even if we're not aware completely and consciously of how that self-interest is manifesting. And I think that's one of the first things that's really helpful for letting go of some cynicism is realizing that everyone is out for themselves. This is not a special case. Uh, it may seem that people are going to be less quote unquote selfish but the word selfish has this like negative connotation to it when selfish can simply be, mean self-focused and being selfless could be in effort of being selfish, of getting an accolade, getting a response, getting some sort of um, feedback, you know, because as humans, we're, we enter feedback loops so there is, there are different kinds of people that sort of accept and understand that that's the case. And this is all pre-judgment. The challenge with also self-interest is that we are applying judgment to the word self-interest. So if someone has a self-interest in something, usually when cynicism is at play, it's an assumption that their self-interest is going to be some sort of bad or evil, make life, people's lives difficult or, or something like that. And you may not be wrong about that, but cynicism is also this detached feeling from having complete information. If you had all of the information, if you knew this person was going to do this thing, it's not cynicism. It's simply knowing. And cynicism is perpetually incomplete. Cynicism is this feeling of, 
of I know something is out there, but you really don't know. And for me, I feel like cynicism is this effort from our unconscious mind to make our conscious mind aware that there's something we still need to learn about this situation. It can be an air of caution. It could be this feeling of like, there's something about that person. And we could choose to remain distant. You could remain unaware of that person's intent. You could be remain unaware of, of their motivations and remain cynical and therefore cast cynical judgment on people who are similar to that person and keep carrying that judgment forward and forward and forward. And I feel that if we don't take the time to further dive in and assess the cynicism, the speculation, and find out what the truth is of the matter, or at least attempt to, then we will get caught up in this loop again of, of continuing to speculate and form cynicism around people's intentions and in, in varying situations. So in my mind, largely the act of feeling cynical, which is an emotion, or at least I define it as an emotion. I don't know if it's technically actually an emotion. I'm not the arbiter of emotions. I haven't looked at the emotion wheel in relation to cynicism, so I'm not positive. But to me, cynicism is an emotional reaction to a person or a situation. And if you are someone who is trying to find a better way of integrating thinking and feeling in your life, meaning making an objective judgment and then making an emotional judgment, because we kind of have to find a way to do both. Cynicism is a combination of the two, but in a negative stance. So if we're looking at thinking, we're like, okay, this is the situation. But instead of finding out what's actually going on, I'm going to assume the worst. I'm going to assume that this person has ill intent and I'm going to just run with it. Whereas if you're doing the two separate things, you acknowledge that there's behavior that might be interesting that needs to be explored. And then the emotional part of it comes from the reaction of further knowing or based on what you know, right? So cynicism is, is a reaction to the incomplete information that we have. Because again, if you knew completely about someone's intent and, motiv intent and motivations, then you'd be able to make an accurate emotional judgment as to what to do next about that person or the group or who to tell or, or, or what to do about that situation. Otherwise, cynicism is just this perpetual feeling of, of incompleteness. And there's also the idea of being, uh, of actual completeness versus perceived completeness. What I mean is that being actually complete and feeling satisfied and knowing someone's intent or letting go of someone's intent is really a matter of what you are allowing yourself to be aware of. Meaning there are situations in which you can have all the information that you need about a person and therefore you're satisfied, you're complete. Then there's the question of sometimes we have a perceived measure of completeness or incompleteness. Meaning we could assume that we know everything about a person and therefore let it be, let our judgment be what it is. And that can be pretty dangerous. Uh, 
because you make a full, complete assumption about a person, you're no longer cynical. You're just flat out making an, a judgment about them and an assumption about them. The idea here is that if you are able to make a proper assessment of someone, ask questions, be direct, have a conversation, figure out what's going on, then detach your judgment until you find out what's going on, then reattach some sort of emotional judgment or have a conversation, figure out what the social situation is, figure out what the intent is, figure out how to, to, to navigate that, then you can find a way to move forward and move forward together. You no longer feel cynical. You know this person's intent. And then you can properly assess whether or not their intent is going to be good or bad for the group. And the other part of that is the social expectation part of that is that if the group has a social expectation, the social expectation is usually rooted in some sense of morality. And morality is a construct. I don't mean this in like some weird, abstract, esoteric, colloquial way. I mean, morality is what we agree upon based on what the social needs are. So if we're assigning good or bad to someone's intent or to someone's behavior, it's going to be referential or it's going to be in relation to the needs of the group. So it's good to make sure that you're assessing the moral needs of the group and that you're also not pre-casting judgment on someone based on those exact moral expectations. Because there are situations where it's like people are, again, like I said at the beginning, it's not about, not everyone's making a judgment based on quote unquote good or bad. I firmly believe that there are no good or bad people in the world. There are only good or bad behaviors or good or bad choices in the moment. You know, we as human beings navigate and flow through this feeling of, of good and bad things. And maybe it's a situation where you have been a socially good person. You have followed all the rules. You've done all the things. And it doesn't mean that you've never had a bad thought doesn't mean you've never had self-interest. It doesn't mean you've had personal needs that you've had to be taken care of. But in a large sense, you know, submitting to the needs of social life or being a quote-unquote good person can be considered a denial of your humanity. And who knows? Somebody else could see that as a bad thing. So good or bad is basically, I'm saying it's a subjective experience. And if we are defining cynicism as self-interest based on morality, understanding that morality is like kind of a flexible place. And that if we can think of people as making good or bad choices and not being a good or bad person, that can allow us to a have the bravery to go closer to that person, find out what their intent is and b perhaps be more forgiving of what they're trying to do and understand their self-interest, understand why they're making those choices and what they need. Cause maybe there's a way to fulfill that need that the group hasn't been able to do. So I'm speaking in wildly abstract terms, but I think cynicism as a whole is typically about incomplete information. And if there's a way to find more information, you should take that, take that road. Uh, so I want you to think mostly about the ideas of, of exploration to find out 
whether or not the situation that you're assuming is a situation is actually the situation. And then some form of verification as to whether or not your assumption is true. Because we can, based on, especially as intuitives, if we're an INTP or if you're another intuitive in the Myers-Briggs system, it's very easy to make an assumption about what we think we know. And cynicism is in large part our conscious mind assuming that we know and our unconscious is still feeling some sense of fear or discomfort or some level of wanting to know for sure. And there's nothing more valuable in this world than information. Uh, I mean, there is. I, I said that for drama purposes. But still, it's, you know, information is pretty valuable and incredibly helpful for us to be able to have civil discourse, to make good choices about what we want to do with and for each other, and to acknowledge our self-interest or other people's self-interest. A lot of the time, if we can identify a cynicism about someone's self-interest, it's typically because we're aware of our own self-interests and an ability for ourselves to sometimes move away from the social norm or have that tendency, but we're a little bit in shock that someone would be able to actually do it. And it, it can be upsetting, you know, if that's the case. There's also situations where if you're the type of person who is always kind of moving to the left of social norms or moving to the left of uh, uh, breaking the rules or just kind of like standing out of the way, you know, you could be particularly sensitive of being able to notice when someone else is doing that, when someone else is able to move out of the way and you're like, what are you doing? I've done that before. I know that move. What is that? <laughs> and you're sort of uh, a little bit squinty eyed about that person. You're like, what's going on? What's the deal? And, uh, you know, again, that's because you're the person that is also moving out of the way. So it's like this person could be moving out of the way in a situation to be able to get closer to you. They could be coming to, it's like someone trying to come and hug you and then you step out of the way and then you get mad at them for not hugging you. <laughs> oh God, that was a really big hiccup. I did not expect that. I don't know if I'm going to leave that in. So it's like a, it's like a person being able to come over and try to hug you and then as soon as they come to try and hug you, you move out of the way. And then you're like, you're a jerk. Why are you never hugging me? Like that in, in essence is what I feel like cynicism is. If we are constantly moving out of the way of certain expectations to the point where we're able to easily spot other people's movement out of expectations, then we have cynicism about them because we kind of know about our own intents. And if we know about our own intent and relate that to other people's intent, that can make us, you know, bring a lot of things into question and try to, you know, discern what they're doing and what they're doing says about us. So that's another example about how things kind of come back to us all the time. And um, I just think generally it's an interesting idea to think about. So I think if you're living in, in perpetual cynicism, it may be a case where you're moving out of the way all the time. And it may be a case where you're not getting enough information in enough situations. Or you may be assuming, based on the ideas of morality, that someone is inherently a good or bad person. And because they're doing something that's shifty or out of the normal context, 
you are asking a lot of questions in your own mind about what else are they capable of. And it's easy to snowball and get into a territory of, of making massive assumptions about a person's character. And I don't think it's good at all for anyone to make assumptions about people's character based on any circumstances, their, their movement, their physical appearance, their, who they are, what they've done uh, in the past, things like that. Anyone who's done things before can, can learn to some degree and maybe a longer road or a shorter road, depending on the situation. And, you know, to, to wrap all this up, basically, you know, being, being open to learning more about people and to letting go a little bit of the ideas of good and bad in terms of holistically is not about putting your defenses down. It's not about being ignorant of people potentially hurting you or being uh, af- afraid or, or being any less afraid, rather. Um, it's really about a way of accessing and being aware of your unconscious desire which is to know, is to know what's going on. And that knowing of what's going on, again, can help you properly assess what to do. You may be willing to welcome someone at the gate, but you don't have to let them in. As long as you know what their intent is, you get a sense of what they're trying to do, then you can batten down the hatches if you need to, or open up the gates and let them in. The the point is to... Do what you can to learn more. And on the other side of it, if you're making cynical assumptions about a lot of people in situations in which you couldn't possibly know what their intent is, then that becomes a matter of learning in what ways can we simply let go of trying to make assumptions of their character or or of their intent altogether. So all of that being said, there's probably a lot more that I can go on. I'm actually going to post an article, a companion article to this uh, podcast. So if you're listening to the podcast or, or watching it on YouTube, there will be a link in the description to the article version, which will be a little bit more uh, buttoned up and elegant, I think. And uh, you can leave your, your thoughts, your opinions, your comments, your questions in the comments below, either on the podcast or on the, the video version on YouTube. And again, if you would love, I would love it. It would be amazing if you could leave a rating and review. Uh, whether you liked this episode or didn't, it really helps to spread the word to get this podcast around the world. I've been lucky to be heard in Denmark and Australia and Sweden and um, uh, Macau has been very popular Hello to my friends in Macau and uh, Africa, Canada. Like, what? (laughs) It's kind of crazy. So it's really cool that, you know, me, just someone with a tape recorder in Rochester, New York, is just able to share some ideas, share some thoughts, and and hopefully uh, these can lead to something powerful and productive for you. So again, click the link in the description, leave a rating and review, subscribe. That would be amazing. If you do not know your personality type in the Myers-Briggs system, you can go to dopamine.life, D-O-P-E-A-M-I-N-E. We have a personality test there that you can take. And if you already know your personality type, 
there is a link there as well to what we're calling empowerment kits. And these empowerment kits are explanations of each personality type. And so for INTPs, which tends to be my audience, there is a, an empowerment kit. It's only $12. You go pick it up and it's basically, uh, it comes with a graphic. It comes with like, you know, things that you can put as your wallpaper if you want to. Uh, it also comes with a 30 minute uh, discussion about it's a breakdown of all the personality cognitive functions for an INTP and uh, some some bits of advice on what to do with each function basically how these different functions show up and what they look like in different positions in your cognitive function stack so if you know what I'm talking about go check that out if you don't know what I'm talking about go take our personality test it's a chat bot it's still in beta but it's pretty good at this point. So um, it's it's going okay. So I would love if you go check that out. And if you don't want to do any of those things and you still want to know your personality type, I am doing profiling sessions. Uh, it'll be a few weeks before I do another profiling session, but you can still go, uh, go sign up for that. And uh, we'll set that up in a few weeks after I kind of recover from everything that's been going on. And uh, you'll hear a little bit of a testimonial about this after the show is over. So uh, with all of that said, which was a lot <laughs> uh, again rating and review all of that stuff uh, you can sign up for our email list there's so much just go to dopamine.life there's things to do scan the website click the hamburger menu there's stuff there we have programs we have a school we have articles we got all sorts of things uh, to kind of help you figure out where you're at and where you're going and certainly if you have questions uh, topic requests I will do the best I can so uh, with all of that said uh, yeah, I covered it all. So, <laughs> uh, check out the companion article and, uh, if you have any questions, let me know. So I love you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other, and I'll catch you next time on dopamine. See ya. been a C-Note Media production. Hi, my name is Michael. I just had a profiling session with C-Note and I really loved it. Uh, I actually have been struggling for a long time, hesitating between INTP and INFP. So getting an expert point of view from outside was critical for me. Uh, I really felt in good hands. Uh, I was able to get rid of any doubts I had. I was able to ask any questions, and that was really a game changer for me. Uh, overall, I'm really happy with how the session was set up and very happy with the results as well. So I highly recommend working with him, um, and I want to, to thank him again. It was totally worth it. Sign up for your own one-on-one -on -one personality profiling session at dopamine.life slash profiling session today.